the longer you walk with God, the more you see areas of your life that need to change. And it seems like for me, prayer is always one of them. And so it has just been a joy for me at the very least. Hopefully it is for you, but for me at the very least, to open up God's Word and to study Paul's prayers and how he prayed according to God's will and how we can then learn how to pray in accordance with God's will as well. And so we're on a mission as a church Uh, to learn from Paul's inspired writings what to adore, appreciate, ask for, admonish, and amen in our prayers. Those are kind of the main points that we're starting to study from from Paul's prayers. And we've already looked at what to adore God for and how to worship and how worship ought to be at the forefront of our prayers. Uh, Prayer is first and foremost an act of worship. When we as uh, Psalms 96 verse 8 says, come into his courts with praise and ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, right? We come into his presence and we just praise him for who he is in and of himself. So often we turn to God like he's some vending machine. I have a need, please fulfill it, right? When first and foremost, it is to be an act of worship where we simply praise God for who he is in and of himself. But the second element of praying that is according to God's will involves not only adoration, but also a appreciation, thanking God for what he has given and what he has done, not just asking him for what we would, what we would like him to do, but thanking him for what he has already done. Um, we looked at how we ought to thank God first for the gift of Jesus Christ, right? Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift that is ours in Christ Jesus, and then in Christ, all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places are ours, and we ought to thank God for the spiritual gifts we saw first of victory and then of eternal grace. And tonight we're going to start looking at another gift we ought to be thankful for, and that is the gift of faith. The gift of faith. Being able to open up God's word, understand his promises, and embrace it and believe it to be true. Um, that is something that is a gift from God. And in fact, this is the gift that Paul thanks God for in his letters more than any other gift. Paul thanks God for the gift of faith four times in his letters for the gift of faith that God imparts to those who are his. And the first time he does so, at least chronologically, is in 1 Thessalonians 2.13 when Paul writes this, We also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. So this is Paul lifting up a prayer of appreciation that God had given those believers, and we can join him in that, that God has given us faith in Christ Jesus. But before we go any further tonight, let's ask the Lord to show us many wondrous things out of his law tonight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the great privilege it is to be able to approach you in prayer tonight. As we consider in the past, before the sacrifice of Christ had come, how there was only one man that could enter into the Holy of Holies one time a year to offer up a sacrifice And even then, he did so under fear of death, if there should be any uncleanness on him. Father, we thank you that tonight, in the perfect righteousness of yours that has been given to us in Jesus Christ, we can come boldly into your presence and ask from you to give us the grace and mercy that we need 
And so, Father, we pray that you would give us grace, that you would give us mercy, that you would give us understanding by your Spirit that we might understand the things that you have freely given to us in your Word. And and so, Father, we pray that you would guide us in your truth tonight, that you would open our eyes to understand it, and that, Father, you would give us grace to run in the way of your commandments. And, Father, I pray most of all that you would cause us to appreciate that gift of faith that you have given us. Help us to thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I said before here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, Paul thanks God that his readers there in Thessalonica had received the word of God and had humbly accepted it as the word of God with belief, with faith. He says here, we also thank God constantly for this he thanks god for their faith-filled reception of god's word why because their faith came from god it was a gift it was a gift to be thankful for and that is what faith is it is a gift from god that god ought to be thanked for faith comes from god now let me tell you this idea of faith itself, of the ability to understand and believe and embrace by faith God's word, the idea that faith itself is a gift from God was something that at least took me a while to realize and to come to understand. But let me tell you, once you see it in scripture, you see it all over the place. Faith is a gift that we should thank God for. And we need to be convinced of this because we will never thank God for something that we don't think came from him. And you will never be fully praying according to God's will until you can genuinely, from the heart, thank Him for the gift of prayer. Or, 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 excuse me, for the gift of faith. We need to be convinced. And so to help convince you of this truth, I want to take you on a quick sampling overview of what Scripture has to teach on this. And so a little bit unusual, I want you to get ready to start turning in your Bible, and I'd like you to turn first to John chapter 6. And I'm going to be moving quick. So John chapter 6. And if you give up, I guess you could just write down the references and look them up later. (laughs) John chapter 6. Here in John chapter 6, the crowd is asking Jesus what they must do to do the works of God. What they must do, you could say, to please God. And Jesus says in John chapter 6, verse 29, he says, Jesus answered them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. In other words, to be able to believe in the one whom God has sent is the work of who? Not of men, but of God. Not of God. Faith in Christ is a work of God. And when we come to believe in Christ, we are doing the work of God, and more pertinently, God is doing his work in us. That is what faith is. This is repeated in what Jesus says just a few verses later in John 6, verse 44, when he says this, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Coming to Christ in faith is a work of the Father, Jesus says. It's a work of God in a person's heart. You see this idea of faith itself being a gift of God, by the way, continue not only in the Gospels, but on into the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 3, if you want to turn there. Acts chapter 3, Peter is preaching in Solomon's portico as, after he has healed uh, that man, the lame beggar. And, and uh, Peter says in Acts chapter 3, verse 16, And his name, meaning the name of Jesus, and his name, by faith in his name, had made this man strong whom you see and know, and the faith that is, listen to this, that is 
through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all, right? Faith is not inherent. It doesn't come built into your life, right? It is a gift that comes to us, Scripture says, through Jesus, by being united to him. Faith is a gift from God. And again, over in Acts chapter 18, verse 27, in Acts 18, verse 27, it talks about how uh, a man named Apollos uh, was taught about Christ um, by Priscilla and Aquila. And verse, uh, what is it? Verse 27, after Apollos arrived in the region of Achaia and began preaching there, Scripture says that he greatly helped those who, listen to this, through what? Grace had believed. Through grace had believed. So these people had come to believe in Jesus. How? Through grace. God had graced them with the gift of faith. Faith is a gift from God. Then moving on to the epistles, you see this truth even more of faith being a gift of God. You know what, for the sake of time, I'm not going to have you turn all these. Um, you can write these down. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 says this, Godly grief, that is grief that comes from God, produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, and then he compares it to worldly grief that produces death. So here Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians seven ten that God is the one who produces the type of sorrow that leads to repentance, that leads to salvation. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you are saved through faith. And then Paul adds this, and this, in other words, this grace, this salvation, this faith is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. Faith is a gift of God. Again, in Philippians 1.29, Paul says this, For to you, listen to this, it has been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake right there it is clearly stated that to believe in jesus christ is something that is granted to you from god it is a gift it is a gift of god faith is a gift of god finishing up paul says in second timothy two twenty five that the lord's servant must correct his opponents with gentleness why because god may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth repentance is the other side of faith and it is granted paul paul says it is given it is gifted by god and then finally, though I have many others I could give, James, the half-brother of Jesus, says in James 2.5, Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are cho- poor in the world to be rich in faith? G- James says that God chose them to be rich in faith. In other words, they are rich in faith because God chose them to be rich in faith. Their faith comes from God. Faith is a gift from God. And I just have to throw this one in. Hebrews 13, 21 tells us that God equips us to do that which is pleasing in his sight. We learned two chapters earlier in Hebrews 11, verse 6, that what pleases God is faith. Therefore, if God equips you to do what is pleasing to his sight, and what pleases God is faith, then that means God God equips you to believe. God equips you with faith that pleases him. Faith is a gift from God. So this is how, and this is what I mentioned in even my opening sermons when I got here, right? This is how salvation can be by faith alone, and it can also be by grace alone, because our faith is itself a gift of God's grace. So why do I take the time to emphasize this tonight? It is because, as I mentioned, you will never thank God for something that you think came from yourself and not from Him. You will never thank Him for it. But Scripture is abundantly clear that faith is a gift from God. We were... We were dead in our trespasses and sins. 
We were darkened in our understanding because of the hardness of heart that we held against God and rebellion against him. And we were blinded by the veil of Satan's devices. Those are all descriptions that God gives to someone who is outside of faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the light of the world, but we couldn't even see his glory or his worth. But then God, as First Corinthians, or as Second Corinthians says, who spoke light out of darkness, shone into our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God ripped away the veil from our eyes so that we could behold the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He caused us to behold the glory of the Lord with eyes of faith. And why did that happen? Why did we suddenly see the glory of Christ and believe? It's not because we were more special or more perceptive, or more responsive than any other sinner that right now is continuing on their course to hell. It is because God chose to give us the supernatural gift of faith. When you think about that for a while, that is humbling, sobering, awe-inspiring, and terrifying. And we ought to give God thanks for this gift, not only in our own lives, but when we see it in the the lives of others. Because you don't always see it in the lives of others, do you? In fact, Paul is about to say in a couple of verses later how the Jews responded when the message of Christ was given to them. They did not believe, but these Thessalonians did. And so that's why Paul says, we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, and that word received means an objective listening. Uh, in other words, regardless of how the Thessalonians responded to it, they were receiving the word of God when Paul preached to them. And we need to remember that, by the way. How people respond to God's word does not change the nature of God's word. Regardless of whether the hearts of men choose to acknowledge it or not, the words of God are the words of God. People don't determine. People don't determine the nature of God's word. And we need to remember this, especially when it comes to the teachings of Paul, because that's exactly what's being talked about here. There are a lot of people today that want to treat Paul's words and Paul's letters differently as something less than the words of God. And they want to look at Paul's writings and they want to say that these are simply the myopic words of some culturally constrained, scientifically ignorant, sexually chauvinistic human. But that's not what Scripture teaches. 2 Peter 1, 20-21 says that we need to know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Right? You don't see man's interpretation of what happened here in Scripture. You see God's interpretation. It says, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. These do not contain man's words. This book contains God's words, and you must understand this first of all. Listen, this was true when it came to Paul as well. Paul says here, you have received the word of God, he says, from us. From us. The Thessalonians received the word of God. They heard the message, and Paul rejoices here. Paul gives thanks here because when the Thessalonians received the word of God, it says, you accepted it. Not as the word of men, but what it really is, the word of God. That is describing faith. What does faith look like? It hears the word of God and it accepts it as it really is. Not the opinions of some man or some moral philosopher or some great teacher, but receives it as it truly is, the word of God. That word accepted is no longer an objective listening, but rather a subjective submissive embrace. The Thessalonians received God's word with their ears and they accepted God's word with their hearts. 
They accepted it, not as the words of men, but what it really is, the word of God. They recognized when Paul was teaching that he was not just another moral philosopher or religious leader or human orator. He was a communicator that was communicating inerrant divine truth. Paul was. As Paul wrote in Galatians 1, 11 through 12, For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached to me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul received his message straight from the Lord. And so Paul thanked God that when they heard the words that he taught, they recognized them not to be the words of any man, but what they really were, the word of God. Notice, which is at work in you, believers. That little phrase does the heart of a pastor a whole lot of good. (laughs) God's word is at work. God's word is at work. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, The word of God is living and it is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word is alive and it is at work. And this is the great promise here in 1 Thessalonians that if believers receive the word of God as the word of God and if they take it into their hearts and they believe it, then that word by the power of God will be at work within them. It will transform them from the inside out. And that is what following Christ is all about. It's not hearing all these words and changing from the outside in. It's receiving these words by God's grace through faith and being changed from the inside out. Completely different than every other religion on the face of the globe. Transformed from the inside out. Now where there is no believing, there will, no be, well, there, there will be no power. Right? That's why you can give God's message to a multitude of people and some people walk away saying, oh my goodness, I've never heard something as powerful as this. And then you'll have other people walk out saying, I've never heard something as boring as this. It's because it must be received by faith. And there's only one person who can give it. God and God alone. Those who believe what God's word says and apply it to their lives will experience God's ongoing, transforming power. And that's why Paul thanked God because he could see by their transformed lives that God had given them faith, submissive faith to receive God's word as it really was. And so, having seen that supernatural, submissive, transforming faith that can only come from God, Paul thanks God in prayer for the gift of their faith. And we should as well. We should as well. We should thank God in prayer tonight that he has given us in Christ Jesus faith. Faith to believe and faith to submit to the powerful working of the word of God. So tonight let's apply this passage to our prayers and to thank God for the gift of submissive faith and to ask God to spread it among our body. So that when God's word is given on Wednesday nights, Sunday school, Sunday mornings, growth groups, that it would be received by hearts of faith. And we must pray for this because God is the only one who can give it.